love the poems, love the stories, love the words on East Leeds Community Radio. Hello, so you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds Community Radio from Studio 2 of Chapel FM Art Centre. That was the world premiere of that jingle. It's a new jingle for East Leeds Community Radio because that's what we are now. We used to be East Leeds FM. So we've got here in the studio today Will Carr from Book Trust. Hello, Will. Hi, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's really nice to have you here. And we've got Tony Macaluso, who you will all know as Chapel FM director. So we're going to be talking about Book Trust and what Book Trust does. And it's great to, first of all, it's great to have you in Leeds personally, but also <laughs> Book Trust. So, Will, um, so first of all, tell us what you do with Book Trust, what your job is. So in my role at Book Trust, I'm the Senior Partnership Manager for the North of England. And what that means is I lead a small team uh, looking after Book Trust projects and programmes delivered across the North. Uh, primarily that's working with the 60 local authorities in the North, but we also work with community organisations, uh, education providers, all kinds of other people uh, to get books into the hands of children and families. Fantastic. And this is your first visit to Chapel of It is, it is, and it's great to be here. Yeah, what do you think? Well, I well I think it's great. It's it's a lot grander than I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> what but, did you expect? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, everyone's been very welcoming so far. Fantastic, and uh, yeah. So we haven't we haven't shown you around, Tony. You usually usually do a tour of uh, Chapel FM. Don't you? you do the, the the post tour, and for our radio listeners, anyone who hasn't been here before, who might be listening on the radio, if you're from these parts, come on over. There's lots of live events. If you're not from these parts, well, you can find us online or arrange a trip to Yorkshire someday. Absolutely. Uh, we weren't very grand before we came to chapel itself. Yeah, mm. uh, you think you would have probably, maybe you expected something like this, but we used to be at the back of some shops in uh, up on what we call Boggart Hill, mm. and uh, it really was a very different affair. Uh, people remember it with some fondness, but it's great to be here in the chapel. So, yes, we are quite grand, really, aren't we? Yeah, coming up in 10 years in the building in a few months' time. In, in October, it'll be 10 years. Absolutely. So... So, Will, yes, tell us what Book Trust is because, um, and yeah, we're going to find out a bit about what, what you do, but also, yeah, you're in Leeds now, which yeah. is amazing. So tell us, first of all, what the book, what book Trust does. Well, book Trust, so book Trust is the UK's largest reading charity. It's been going for 100 years, so it's probably the oldest. Uh, so it's set up by John Goldsworthy, the novelist, and Harold Macmillan, later Prime Minister, um, about a century ago with the mission of, I won't remember it exactly, but uh, strengthening the habit of reading and getting books into the hands of more people. So I'm paraphrasing there, but that is essentially what Book Trust's book trust mission is now. And it's evolved over the years, done many different things, and now really what Book Trust does is get books into the hands of children and families um, because we've found through our research that getting the habit of reading going when children are very young, it's, it stays with them for life ideally um, and so if we can make interventions at that point then it has the greatest impact um, so book trust does this in in a number of ways our flagship program is called uh, book book start baby mm. and this gets a book or books into the hands of every single newborn or indeed their parents in the country every year 
the idea is that this is a very high quality book. Uh, it comes along with some activities and resources uh, to encourage uh, parents and, and families to start reading, um, and uh, gives uh, it's the beginning, I suppose, of a child's reading journey. Then we follow that up with resources for toddlers and for preschoolers. Uh, these are rather more targeted interventions. So one of the things Book Trust is keen on doing um, at the moment is to is is to have a particular impact on low-income families, on uh, families who are perhaps disadvantaged in some ways, who might not have access to the books and resources that, that others do. And then beyond that, uh, we have a particular programmes directed at vulnerable children, children in care, on the edge of care, have uh, uh, books available for children with additional needs. Um, we also offer books in, I think it's 30 languages now, so uh, books for families with English as an additional language. And we work with children up to the age of about about 13, I would say. So we do some work in schools. Um, and we also arrange uh, author, author visits. Um, we've identified a particular need around uh, authors of colour and not being represented in children's literature, indeed illustrators of colour as well. So we arrange author visits into schools and online. Another thing that Book Trust does, um, and in, in some ways this is our most sort of high-profile thing, is we uh, appoint and look after the Children's Laureate. So the, the children, Children's Laureate holds the post for two years, um, and it's the the well the the Children's Laureates that they've been, I suppose, are some of the you know the greatest exponents of children's literature in the last twenty-five years or so. Michael Morpurgo, Julia Donaldson, and the current Children's Laureate is Joseph Quaylo. So that um, that's a, a key part of our work because one of the things Book Trust wants to do is really advocate for, for children and for reading and uh, working with the Children's Laureate is a great way to do that. So Bookstart, thank you very much, that's a great introduction. Bookstart Baby sounds fantastic, I was reading about it. But I'm, I'm interested in how, you say, every newborn in the country. That's, that's right, yeah, 600,000 of them we aim for, wow. we try, try and reach them. But it's very hard to reach everybody, and, and of so one of the things that I and my team, uh, in the we call it the partnerships team at Book Trust, it, we, what we're trying to do is find where the children and families are because it's not always it's not always easy if people are reluctant to go into a library or reluctant to engage with particular services then one of the things we can do is, is set up better routes uh, for them so they can get reading yes yeah, so, so i was trying to imagine how you might get this you know pack of golden pack of books mm. you know i'm imagining a sort of stalk <laughs> sort of like the well it's a little bit like that yeah. i suppose but what tends to happen is uh uh, families will get books when they register the birth of their baby uh, from a registrar or they get it wow. from a, a health visitor might go around to their house in the first months of life and then our other programs for toddlers and preschoolers we deliver those through nurseries um, other education settings through other kinds of healthcare settings or indeed through community organizations through play groups through all co just wherever the families are really that's uh, that's where we try and get the books to fantastic in terms of the, just just getting a sense of how this might actually impact people, are there is there a fair amount of following up and gathering sort of case studies and stories yeah, from absolutely. young people about particular people that maybe sort of saw this as the the match that lit the flame of, of loving literature? Yeah, like? there is. I, I mean, Boat Trust is very much a research driven organisation. We're very yeah. keen to understand what kind of impact. Mm the um these these resources can have intuitively it makes a lot of sense so you know this is why i became interested in literature a transformative experience when yeah. i was when i was very young but what book book trust has tried to do is quantify that so we through our research we understand for example that 
90 to 95 percent of families know that reading is important and want to do it but only 40 45 percent of children get a bedtime story and what we've found through getting books into the hands of children but also modeling those the reading of those books sharing those stories that that's increased that those numbers but families have recognized that they they do have time or they they are able to do it themselves so there's a lot of barriers to reading as i mentioned you know people don't necessarily want to go into a, a library but people themselves might not feel confident about reading out loud mm. performing doing the voices mm. you know putting you know being entertaining whatever they feel they, they need to do but what one of the things book trust can communicate is that anyone can do it and that it, it is available to every single family while we're talking oh, you mentioned your transformative experience with 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 early reading it'd be really nice to hear, hear about your journey to to, to to what you do now how what you know it'd be interesting to know what was what was what was that early experience for you well for me um it um, I mean, think, thinking back, it was. Um, it, it, I remember the, the picture books. Dogger, in particular, was a was a, a favourite in my family. But I, but I, I can't I can't recall exactly it being read to me. But I just know that that book was in my life from a very early age. But later on, I remember reading The Wasteland in the school library. I was far too young to understand it. Didn't know what was going on or anything. But it felt to me like a door opening or a light coming mm. on a long way away. And it gave me access to later on to worlds of literature, you know, and I've always worked in, in this world ever since. And But I I've strongly believe that it was those expo- that exposure to picture books, to being read to when I was very small, that uh, that gave me access to those great works of literature later on. And that, so that's something that stayed with me. And so that's why, you know, that's why I want to, I want to do what Book Trust does. Absolutely, and I'm Tony. It'd be interesting to know in a minute from you what your, if it was a transformative book experience. I mean, I think, I mean, I was very lucky because I think my mum was very much into poetry. She used to know great. She was from that generation that knew great trenches of Walter de la Mina. Is anybody there? Said the traveller knocking at the moonlit door, and and my dad used to read out bits of Peter Pan and act it out in a very terrifying way. But a lot of people don't have that experience early on, and I guess that's what you're for. But what about you, Tony? Um, it was definitely libraries. My, my parents were not big readers either. I mean, neither went to university, but we had a really fantastic, futuristic, brutalist 1960s library building in the suburbs of Chicago where I grew up. My mother used to take my brother and I just about every week and uh, finding things. But the proximity of things was also really interesting because I, I very distinctly remember, maybe when I was like 13, reading uh, Tolkien first, Lord of the Rings and all that, and then seeing this, these really big fat books right next to Tolkien, Tolstoy, and then I jumped from Tolkien to Tolstoy, <laughs> which was far more interesting to get into Russian literature, and then I was off, you know, Dostoevsky and on yeah. and on into all kinds of Russian literature, and that led to all kinds of other things, but but yeah, good good local libraries where these things were all packed together like that, yeah. Um, yeah, and a great yeah. building, um, and on that, I just want to mention, just so you know, well, there's a big battle going on right now locally here because the the local good library the crossgates library which is a beautiful 1930s building um is being sold off by the council and there's a big local effort to try to save the building and it it, it's going to be a difficult battle but um we're seeing it on the ground here in a real um day-to-day basis in uh, in east leeds when it comes to those things will it stay a library if it's saved Seems unlikely. They moved it from the built the old library building into the Crossgate Center, into the mall, where it does admittedly get more foot traffic. Uh, but it's a small space and not not a very magical space, let's say. Um, so yeah, it feels unlikely it'll stay a library, but who knows? Anything's possible. Maybe yeah. the, maybe the new Lord of Seacroft will will help with that. 
The, the title of Lord of yeah. Seacroft has just been bought by somebody in from Essex. Essex who 16,000 no pounds. He's yeah. now the Lord of Seacroft. So we'll see. Maybe he'll save the new library or the old library. Maybe he uh, will. Yeah. A baronial. He's listening. <laughs> so if our Lord, Lord of Seacroft is, is tuning in. <laughs> it's going to be uh, something useful. I think it's 300,000 no, 500, pounds to, to save the building, I think. So it's, it's a bit of a lift. This yeah. is the country we live in. So, anyway, let's not go there. But, Will, you've, you've had a, you've, before you came to the Book Trust, you've had a career in literature. Tell us a bit about that. Sure, yeah. Well, I've, I've spent time at the Wordsworth Trust in the, in the Lake District yeah. and indeed at the, um, at the Poetry School in London so I guess my first love was poetry mm. and indeed uh, contemporary poetry but uh, more recently I was at the Anthony Burgess Foundation in Manchester which is a fantastic library and archive and, and event space and I was involved in well bringing to life Anthony Burgess's life and work uh, and also giving a platform to contemporary writers and contemporary classical musicians uh, and then, yeah, most recently, now, now I'm at Book Trust, which, which is a different thing again. Uh, it's probably my first experience, experience of children's literature as an adult. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, the, uh, my, my role at Book Trust and Book Trust's presence in Leeds is all quite new, really. Historically, Book Trust was based in London, but has always worked around the country, had a presence well across England, but also in Wales and Northern Ireland. Um, but about 18 months ago, I think, Book Trust took the decision to move its headquarters to Leeds to pro properly reflect its, uh, its commitment, I suppose, to working regionally. It now employs 15 people in, in Leeds, and that's set to double or even more over the next couple of years. So Book Trust is very much committed to being here. One of the things I most enjoyed doing, actually, in the last year is getting to know Leeds and getting to know the um, arts organisations, the people working in education and healthcare in the city. And uh, what, do I, what am I saying? Book Trust is here to stay, really, and uh, that, well, that's one of the reasons why it's so great to be, be on, the, on with you today. Well, we feel great about it because, you know, it's, it's not just Book Trust, but the British Library, National Poetry Centre, all these. Yeah, it's, 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 in a, yeah. it's really heading towards a, a real literary renaissance, it feels like, in terms Absolutely. of the, the city's literature infrastructure. Even, even the naissance. Uh, yes. <laughs> the re. But, I mean, why, it's true, what? just the naissance. <laughs> why, why, did you, um, why, did you, why did you come to Leeds? Well, I think it's for those reasons, mm -hmm. to an extent, uh, you know, that, uh, there are the National Poetry Centre, the mm. British Library's ambitions to have a presence here. All of that's really exciting. Um, I think uh, the the writer community in Leeds is is strong. The but one of the things we're especially keen on in Leeds is the uh, network of community organisations and uh, and providers here. That um, there's a real kind of critical mass. I think mm. um, f uh, that the book trust wants to be part of. I suppose the other thing I would say about it is um, Book Trust was very taken by Leeds being a child-friendly city. You know, this, mm. it's a 10-year, yeah. I think, even more ambition of, of Leeds City Council to make mm. Leeds the, one of the best places or the best place to be a child. And with Book Trust's commi commitment to the early years, it made a lot of sense to be to try and be part of that. And so, so we have been. You know, we're now a child-friendly Leeds ambassador. And we're taking part in the recent Baby Week that the mm. council put on. Um, that uh, the, the, the needs of of children and very young children is so high on the city's agenda is very important to book trust and in that regard i mean it's really interesting what you're doing in like story time in libraries and uh, also tell us about letter letter letterbox club letterbox club so that yeah. is our program for vulnerable children and children in care and it's uh essentially provides a 
a, sele- a selection of books uh, for children over a period. One of the things that happens to children in care is they get, they get moved around a lot. There's not a, necessarily a great deal of continuity in their lives. And so the Letterbox Club, the idea is to provide that through books. So they receive packages of books um, at uh, well, regular intervals during their, their care journey. And what, again, one of the challenges, I suppose, for children in care is that they might not necessarily access the same services in the same way they might not get read to as much as other children and so um the letterbox club is designed to mitigate some of those challenges that they might be facing i'm sure tony you've got a few questions but if i might just ask another one i about reading aloud because i think that's a really interesting one isn't it i mean were you did, did were you told stories as a kid or read aloud to yeah no read aloud to more than yeah. more than story made up stories yes uh, which is interesting yeah, yeah. like your mum or your dad my my mother, yeah. yeah, entirely my mother, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. My father later in life was a storyteller, but in yeah. a very different way. But that yeah. was more family stories yeah, yeah, yeah. and things, oral yeah. history, I guess. Yeah, yes, because I yeah. think it's something about the human voice. I mean, these days, I guess it's easy enough to just to, I don't know, press something on the phone and you got somebody, you know. I don't know, like, um, you know, Jeremy Irons reading The Four Quartets to you. <laughs> Not that I would necessarily <laughs> inflict that on a child. But, but you know, I th- it would be easy to do that, to automate a voice, if you mm. like. But there's something about the human voice, the, you know, as when you're sitting with somebody. What, what do you think? Well, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, 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 yeah, so it'd be easy to automate. And it would, but only in a very narrow and limited sense, mm. I would say. One of the mm. things that we've discovered about shared reading is that it has an impact on all kinds. Ca- other kinds of well-being, I guess, in a child's life. So uh, it improves uh, bonding between parents and their children. Um, it, it provides a, a sort of shape and a structure to mm. what can be sometimes quite a chaotic and difficult day. Um, and going back to the beginning, really, one of the things the Book Trust wants to do is create a habit of reading. It wants to give children, and well, their families, but and children, the tools to do it themselves for the rest of their lives. Mm. And... I mean, I, I perhaps perhaps going too far here, but I would say the book trust is committed to physical books. In uh, you know, there will always be a place for audio uh, audio recordings, always be a place for e-books. But high quality physical books is something that we have found is really valued by children and families. They d- don't necessarily have any other books in the house, and so uh, mm. to receive these things is such a such a fantastic moment. I think mm. again, mm. a transformative experience. That's what we're aiming for. And it's not necessarily clear to me you can get that from your phone. No, absolutely not. And I think the physical book, I was, it was a bit, I, I was doing some work in a primary school, Grimethorpe Primary School nearby, probably five years ago, six years ago. And I thought, what shall I do this session? I brought, I've got some old books, you know, some of them are you know, 50, 100 years old. And I thought, well, I'll just bring these in, see what they, they think. I'm absolutely fascinated by these Well, books. it's a great piece of technology, isn't it's it? Great yes. Piece of technology. We had a great experience just last week. We had there's a, it's a bunch of teenagers that come in here after school, and, and one of the younger kids, 13, 14 years old, was here. And in the cafe, there's a collection of quite old books. Mm. Matthew Bellwood donated all these yeah. quite historic books. And he pulled out this big tome that's from, I think, 1880s or something like that. Uh, and it was all dusty and really fascinating. And he started flipping through it. And he was just fascinated by the ads and the typography. And he turned to me at one point and said, this book is really old. I'll bet it's even from the 1990s. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's actually it's a little older than that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's been around old for a while. But to him, you know, ancient histories. Yeah. It might be from the 90s, from before the 1890s. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, just watching him flip through it, he spent 20 minutes just, just you know, touching the pages. And, this, yes. and, then, and then he actually said, the smell is getting to my head. I'm feeling mm. dizzy. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, it was such a tactile experience, though, watching him uh, yes, experience that book. And I remember working with Matthew Burwood on a project with another school, primary schools, and we were in the Leeds Central Library, in the, in the um, yeah, yeah, we're in the, the reference section, and we were there, looking yeah, at yeah. you know, those, actually, the registries of the businesses, you know, mm. from the 1880s, and this one kid was going, this little girl was going, but they're all dead now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they're yeah. all dead. But it's something about that, isn't yeah. it? Seeing people's names and then realising they're all there in print. But yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So yes, I'm, we salute your uh, dedication to mm. the real physical book. And actually, physical books have been the sort of demise of the physical book, right? The demise of the cinema was, you know, when video came, was sort of forecast quite quite strongly by people it just hasn't happened does it you know, no, no, young no, people it love them. Yeah. no absolutely you know ebooks have found their place in in the world audio recordings whatever but you know for me books have lasted several hundred years and they're going to even longer and they're going to carry on doing that mind you agnes who's on the desk here was you've been very passionate about your kindle weren't you yeah, she can't. He hasn't got a microphone, so she can. You know, we'll just assume she's. Yeah, she's putting her thumbs up. So some people like these newfangled gadgets. Tony, have you got any, any, anything you want to ask? Yeah, I just want to. So if someone who's listening to this program, uh, particularly someone you know local, maybe it could be a teacher or a parent or a writer. Are there particular ways of accessing the book book trust resources or, or engaging? Uh, that people should know about or just even even practical things like a website you want to give out just yeah so absolutely know. well i think the one of the best things greatest things people can do uh, if they haven't done it already is join their local library mm -hmm. and uh, we work very closely with the library service here in leeds and, uh, and across the country and um if uh, you know if you missed out on getting one of our packs or want to find out when storytime sessions all that kind of thing are happening the library is the place to start i'd also say that yeah the book trust website which is booktrust.org.uk also has a great deal of resources for parents and families as well as for practitioners about which books to read about how to read them about um where to get books from and uh, you can write into us to uh, you know again if you've not received your your pack for your your baby then we can put you point you to the right places and do you have any anything that new that you're doing at the moment in terms of in, any new initiatives that you want to talk about? Yeah, I, I do actually. I, a couple of weeks ago, Book Trust launched a campaign called Reading Together, and that is our major new initiative for this year and probably indeed for the next few years. What we're trying to do is effect some kind of policy change or recognition of the importance of shared reading mm. um so this when, sorry can i sorry. just interrupt when you say shared reading that means somebody reading somebody else or like a group of people reading that, re I, that really means somebody reading to somebody else yeah. but it, it kind of understood quite uh generously if mm. i can put it that way mm. so i i would say that would encompass a, a sort of story or rhyme time session mm. um but uh the the idea i suppose is that what what book trust is about is it's about reading for pleasure. Mm. Um, to support that, you obviously need literacy, but reading for pleasure, one of the best ways in which we think this can happen is through reading, reading with your family. Mm. Um, so, yeah, reading together, that's our, that, is, that is our campaign. It's a sort of plea to government uh, funders, uh, policymakers to recognise the manifold benefits, I suppose, of, of reading in these ways mm. and to, prov to provide the necessary su support and infrastructure but um, to make time in the curriculum, to make time in people's uh, in people's lives, I suppose, for this to happen. Because, you know, as I say, our, our research shows it has these long-term benefits, intrinsic kind of economic benefits, well-being benefits, but also improves people's creativity, improves their 
uh, you know, just just how well they are able to live their lives. Um, so that that's that's our campaign for for this year. We launched it with Michael Morpurgo and uh, got, uh, a couple of weeks ago, as I say, and got uh, I think all the. Uh, children's laureates from the last 25 years to sign up to this. So it's a um, a big moment, I suppose, for us to really position Book Trust as the, as the champion for reading for pleasure. Just reminded me of a group that used to exist, I don't know if it still does, in Headingley, somewhere it would be Headingley, of course, uh, with James Joyce readers, and they would uh, meet yeah. every month and read, read doing Ulysses? Ulysses together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it took years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. But what a great thing to do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yes, I mean, it's, it, that sounds like a fascinating project. Do you think, do you think the curriculum is squeezed now for, in terms of what you're talking that, about? That's what we hear. I mean, literacy and reading, you know, it's very yeah. important for, um, uh, you know, and remains very important. It's, it's at the heart yeah. of the school curriculum in many ways. But what education providers are telling us is that the, the legacy of COVID is still very much very much yeah. there. Children's speech and language development has been very adversely affected. Um, the and and the space for reading for pleasure, mm. while it is there, I guess we think that there should be more of it because uh, you know that's that's what gets people in this. It gets children in this habit of doing it. And that's uh, you, you know if it's valued by you know by the curriculum, then it's then it's it's valued by children and families and it stays with them for a much longer time. Yeah, I don't I don't want to diminish the excellent work that the education partners with whom we work are doing but i would say that uh, you know there there is there is there's an enormous drop off actually i would say when children go to school there's an enormous drop off in reading at home because i think a lot of children uh, a lot of families mm. think well they're learning to read at yeah. school you know it's all been yeah. taken care of there what we've found is the more reading that happens in the family and in the home the better really i also lament the uh, the loss of the sure starts which I think were a fantastic um, in innovation. I, th- I think it was by the with, you know the Labour government from about 1997. But uh, and there was there were. Do you remember? You probably are before your time here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've heard people talk about it. But. Yeah, preschool basically organisations for parents. You know, they got advice on parenting places to take their small children. And they, I'm going to sound very political here, but that they went in the, you know, in the economies, in the in the strictures of the kind of coalition years. But it's a real shame. And I think we really miss those places now, especially, you know, after COVID. And I think there are all sorts of stories about lack of speech development in children when, you know, arriving in reception years and, uh, you know, really, really not having no speech at all. And I've, I've got a feeling that, you know, you would have had a, a great space there as books, you know, you would have probably used those places, the book, book, you know, book trust in the years past. Absolutely. And there are some successor organisations to those. There are family hubs, perhaps not quite as many mm. as there were short start mm. centres, but there are um, organisations that, that aim to provide mm. those kinds of services. And, and we've found that locating... Uh, facilities in in a community, as you perhaps you're doing here at Chapel FM, mm. is is one of the best ways of of reaching audiences who might otherwise not find their way to you. Great. Well, we've sort of coming to the end. Any Tony, anything else you would like to? Yeah, just introduce? Well, a quick a quick mention for well. There's no hurry, by the way. But, yeah, yeah, and then I just have one question for you about about Yorkshire. But first off, uh, reading together this program makes me think of our. We've done a, a recent years a program called the Readathon, where we did last uh, last February, where we chose a novel. Uh, this case was well, yeah, it was a novel, mm. uh, memoir-ish novel, um, and stayed up all night with 
Anyone was welcome to come along. We read it out loud on the radio, each taking turns reading a few pages, uh, 12 hours or so from mm. 7 in the evening until, I don't know, until the sun came up. Um, and several dozen people stayed along. And it was, you know, one of these exercises in just p- potential, what happens if we do this. And it was an absolute joyous thing. The author himself yeah. came for the beginning yeah. of it. He did. Um, cold fish soup. <laughs> cold fish soup. Um, <laughs> but it was just such a powerful, powerful reminder for all of us, you know, and I think most of the people that took part in it are probably mm. people that read quite regularly, but reading with a group of people, strangers, friends, other people, mm. in a somewhat magical place all through the night, drinking lots of coffee and eating good homemade soup uh, was just absolutely joyful. And I'm wondering if we could do something more geared towards younger people along those lines, too, in the future. I know we're doing a readathon in uh, we are, coming okay. up in uh, yeah. June, I think, right? Yes, we are as yeah. part of the Lit, lit Fest. Yeah. You're very welcome to be a reader, if you like. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you want to stay up on that. But it's, it's um, yeah, it is a lovely thing, isn't it, actually? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the light comes up and, you know, we're still there. And we the first time we did it, we read Paul Oster's yeah. um, True Tales of America, I think, or, I think it's called, which yeah. is uh, short stories. Um, but it's a good reminder that it, yeah. it's not just for young people. I mean, for, no, for adults no, as well. Absolutely. That notion of coming together yeah. to read out loud yeah, is yeah. fills some really primal needs, I think, in interesting ways. And it was a, it's a lovely thing because of the stair, there are the chairs there. You know, there's the chair, basically the reading chair, and it kind of mm. has to be filled. It's like a, you know, it's like a relay. So there you are at three o'clock in the morning, slightly jaded, and then somebody's obviously coming to the end of there. They want to stop reading somebody gets up and reads and they sit down and they carry on. And and then, you know, the first time we did it, actually, we got to about 10 o'clock in the morning after being reading that Paul Oster all night. You know, I was, I, somebody said, right, you do the last bit. And I got up and I was actually quite tearful. There was something about getting to the end of this book, a 400 page book. And we read the end of it together. You know, we'd, we'd been there all night reading together. Beautiful. Really lovely experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Well, well, I, I'm not sure how well that would go down with the sleep-deprived parents with, with <laughs> yes, whom we work. Yeah. But nonetheless, yes, the celebratory yes. potential yeah. of reading together yeah. is, Absolutely. is something that... Um, so just another question. You mentioned earlier, but I think before we came on in, that you're reading uh, Margaret, Margaret Atwood right now, and she's obviously no stranger to books sometimes being viewed as controversial and not everybody approves. Do you get, how, how often does, do you get into issues where it's the selection of which books and when, when is that a complicated or sometimes controversial decision about what books are going out to, to young people? How do those decisions get made? Well, is we it, have a, a very expert team of books professionals who work, yeah. at, work at Book Trust, a lot of people, and we've got, uh, who have worked in publishing. We also have very good connections with the publishing industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Book Trust tends not to involve itself in what you might think of as culture wars yeah. too much. Well, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, we want to, we want to reflect what is happening in in children's literature. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do is uh, is publish lists of the best fantasy books, the best uh, you know books for children who are interested in machines. You know the best books for children of a particular age or you know from a particular background maybe, and uh, and so we we try and uh, curate, I suppose, the morass of literature that's that's available. I think I would also say that Book Trust is very committed to the freedom of authors and illustrators to express themselves yes. uh, in a you know full and authentic and complete way, um, and so yeah, so that underpins what we do too. Yeah, and along those lines, are there? I know it's you know picking favorites is always difficult, but uh, are there a couple of children's writers that maybe weren't on your radar before you started doing this that you think, oh, this is really a a hidden gem, someone I've discovered through doing this that someone listening to this might might go. 
seek out in a library or bookstore? Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose when I came to Book Trust, I was very uh, aware of the uh, of the classics, I yeah. suppose. But I, I do think that classics are being written now, yeah. um, and I, and I would. Uh, the, I, I'd encourage uh, people to seek out writers like, well, like Julia Donaldson, who I've mentioned. Um, I'd in, uh, the book that's in our baby pack is by Axel Scheffler, who often works with with Julia Donaldson. Um, our uh, our president, Michael Morpurgo. I'd never really read any of his books before, to be honest. For some mm. reason, it's uh, maybe it's my age or something, but I kind of missed out Just, on, yeah, on yeah. all of his ones. So I'm sort of catching up with a lot of that stuff. Um, what what Butrus does try and do is um, is give a platform to emerging writers, to or at least mm. writers who um, uh, you know who, who perhaps haven't you know haven't had the loads of success yet or maybe at the start of their careers it can be a transformative experience for the writer to, to end up in one of these packs and get into the hands of so many so many tens of thousands yeah, imagine, of, yeah. of children yeah. around the country um, and so we have a writer in residence scheme that um, uh, that rotates every six months or so our next writer is called uh, Rashmi Surdeshpandi and uh, which is a non-fiction writer for children's uh, in the children's sector and you know I hadn't really appreciated or thought about non-fiction writing for children but it's been great to you know mm. to discover these different different ways of approaching uh, particular age groups great Fantastic. what sort of non-fiction did you see right do you know do you work, work I haven't read any yet I'm looking we'll for find out we'll look her up excellent good yeah absolutely well, it's been really, really uh, interesting to talk to you. Fascinating, actually, to hear about Book Trust. So thank you very much, Will, for joining us. Thanks, Tony, Thanks for joining us thank today you. as well. Uh, yeah, The Wasteland. That that was the thing that really fired me when I was 13 or 14. I just wanted to say that before we left. What is yeah. it about that? Yeah. It's something about... I mean, I, when I was about 13 or 14, Mr. Atkins read it. I remember I just uh, completely, yeah. completely... Bold by it, the rhythms of it. Yeah, yeah I was more struck by the J. Alfred Prufrock, but the, you know, yeah. let us go. Then oh, you yeah, and I, and the evening spreads yeah, itself yeah, against the sky. Like right. so, an yeah. ether, I think. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff um, is great. Stuff. Yeah, when I was about fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that language really. Yeah, and is the wasteland still around? Are people? Is it on the syllabus? I don't know. I, I don't know, I don't know about the syllabus, but I think in, it's yeah. it's a sort of staging post. You know, if you're going to get into this stuff long term, you might say then yeah, it's hard to avoid. If you're listening, kids, <laughs> go check out the Wasteland. We'll put some copies wasteland. in. The, in a, we have a little free library out front. Maybe I'll grab a few copies of the Wasteland. Uh, stick them in there and yeah, see how, long, see see how, how quickly they go. They they get taken. Yeah, we have a we have a measure, don't we? We like to watch certain books and how long they stay. Free library out front yeah, and yeah, see yeah. what happens. Yeah, sometimes in yeah. surprises. Someone got the Henry Miller. Yeah, they did. We'll see. Yeah, they, yeah, that went very quickly. Yeah, because of the naughty bits. Outrageous. Yes. yes. Anyway, thanks very much. Well, we're talking about the book trust. Oh, well, how do you how do we find out about the book trust? Oh yes, yeah. As I say, the best place to start is uh, Book Trust website, which is booktrust.org.uk. Um, yeah, start there. Great. And thank you, Agnes, for being on the desk. And uh, you probably to play us out, you might use the new uh, jingle. Give your word. Spread the word. Mark my words. Love the words. On East... Leeds Community Radio. Nothing compares to 